Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners and share their stories, their trials, and what's working for them right now. To apply to be a guest on this podcast, click the link in the description. Hope you enjoy and subscribe. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I'll be your host. My name is Joe Fitzgerald, and joining us is Mr. Daryl Rhodes of Sports Training Los Angeles, coming to you from LA, California. Daryl, what's going on, man? How are you today? Oh, I'm doing great, man. Thank you for inviting me on the show. Absolutely. We are. I'm excited to have you. I'm excited to, to dig into this business and, and pick your brain about it. But before we get into strategy and tactics and, and everything that you do day to day, tell us a little bit about what this is in the first place, right? When you tell people about Sports Training LA, how do you describe it to other people? Sports Training LA is um, it's an idea that started from helping kids. Uh, I come from a coaching background. So when you do high school coaching football, let's say, for example, you don't have a lot of time with the kids and you don't really be able to give them the proper training. So sports training in Los Angeles was created from that desire. I say, you know what? I want to work with these kids some more. If I start a business, I can get them before they start school. And matter of fact, I can start working with the eighth graders before they enter high school. And that's kind of where it started. So sports training in Los Angeles created from the need of helping uh, give time. And it was a volunteer job. So usually football coaching is volunteer. They give you stipends, but it's really nothing. But yep. it's a volunteer position. And so I went from volunteering to helping the kids and I charged them a little bit of money doing group classes and whatnot. So that's kind of how I started. And then from okay. there. So this got started when? When did this all come about? About 10 years ago. About 10 years ago, I was coaching in high school football and, and I had... Um, it was hard, man. If you ever been a football coach, it's not a it's it's a really challenging job when it comes to um, submissive, being submissive to the other men, being submissive to the coaches, just listening to other guys. It's challenging. So I just kind of wanted to eliminate that and be my own guy and coach these kids without any influences. And that's kind of why I branched off. Okay. And so you started your own business, right? Here we are, a decade later. Um, talk to us a little bit about, I mean, you mentioned the focus of this being how we can serve a youth population better. Is it exclusively youth or do we have more people than that now? Yeah. So, you know, it started with that and then that kind of built the business, you know, cause you, you look at the youth training, you've got intermented they're, They go to school and they're, they're out of school and you have off season, you know, so sports is, has off seasons and on seasons. So you have to have something else going on in between. And that's where the personal training comes in. So you had people that saw sports training in Los Angeles and loved the training. They saw the, the speed training. They saw the agility. They saw the sports type of training as a regular person. And then they wanted that. And I had a special thing going with myself. I was an expert boxing trainer as well. So I, I then combined boxing with everything. Boxing is a sport that allows you to basically put all the sports into one. And you can utilize boxing to train for all sports. That's when that kind of played into the personal training. Boxing kind of hit the scene. It was a big, big fad uh, and people loved it and they wanted to get that experience. So we let boxing drive our gym. So we started off as sports training in Los Angeles. We moved to boxing in terms of letting the, the normal people get to experience that. And then they wanted boxing and they wanted sports training. And that's kind of where we are. And that's yeah, kind of so it's it's evolved a little bit, right? Yeah, We're serving yeah. people of all kinds at this yeah. point. Okay. 
Um, and so boxing has been a huge catalyst for it. How do you, how do you deliver this product? When we talk about business models in fitness, a lot of the time we'll use the labels like personal training, group classes, different things like that. Where do you, where do you kind of fit in this puzzle? How does this work? Yeah. Sports performance training. So, you know, class pass, right? Class pass. You've heard of them class pass. Uh, that's, uh, yes, sir. that's, you know, a pretty big uh, company that gives people an opportunity to try out a class. So we did do classes and we started our boxing program. We came up with many different classes, uh, uh, different stuff. Just imagine like rope chains and, 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 I don't forget the name of it, but it involves chains and ropes, for example. And then we had boxing classes. So a lot of the classes that we took was just for the sports performance type people. Okay. So we started offering classes to class pass. We became super big and popular. Uh, the, the boxing classes were the most popular. And so I had to branch out because once I said uh, sports performance training for, for any athlete is seasonal. So we had to keep the business going. So we needed to start providing uh, private training. So that's how that came in. Okay. So we've got group classes and we've got private one-on-one -on -one for the most part. So kind of two-pronged approach here. Yeah. Talk to us a little bit about the, the scale of it. Most of the people that listen to this podcast are, are gym owners themselves. And so talk to us a little bit about how many people in, in the, on the total umbrella you guys serve. Well, if you guys know class pass, you'll find out that they have lots and lots of, uh, new people that they send to you. So that was a big kind of a spark plug for us because it got new people into the gym and then they signed up for a membership too. So they mm -hmm. came, they love the training and then they end up signing up for membership. That's the whole purpose of class pass anyway. So that, that kind of gave us a lot of different eyes on the gym. I would say if you go there, we have thousands of reviews. We've served thousands of customers through class pass. Uh, and then uh, just our own promotion, what I did uh, to get the magnitude, the numbers up was study uh, SEO. So search engine optimization, oh, okay. which, which is a huge part of our business. And I can give you the backdrop if you want to know quickly. Um, the reason why that's important is because, see, what I did was I knew that there would be competitors. I knew that there's every trainer out there. There's every sports performance trainer. There's guys like, you know, just they're going to compete with me. And so what I did was. I, I tried to eliminate the competition by focusing on Google search uh, and everybody else was doing something different. And that's why Sports Training Los Angeles became the number one searched performance site in the, the whole Los Angeles County. And it's all because I put a lot of energy into uh, search engine optimization, writing those pages and getting those things done the way it's supposed to. Google's my best friend, put it that way. Uh, yeah. Google, I'm a dead man. With Google. Is that something you taught yourself? Absolutely. Uh, had to, because it's so expensive to do it, to pay for it. And $200 a page or $250, just go to, go to GoDaddy.com and, and ask them how much. It's ridiculous. So you're not going to get, um, you're not going to be able to do it. You have to, when you do search engine, you have to do a thousand pages, for example. You're not going to pay 200 bucks for a thousand pages. Right. Uh, so you end up having to do it yourself. That's the best way, in my opinion. Uh, but anyway, as you know, I'm sure you're familiar with it. Yeah. And so you, you've really focused in on SEO in terms of getting people in the business on the front end, right? You mentioned class pass, people are able to come and kind of get a taste, get a sneak peek, and then eventually sign up for a membership. But you focused a lot of your time and your energy on the search results, right? Absolutely. That was Becoming good. a higher caliber 
number on Google. And when people are looking for this type of service, you guys show up, right? People are going to Google to find a trainer or find a gym. If you aren't on there, they're going to go somewhere else. Absolutely. Okay. I mean, that's, that was, that was the bread and butter because remember I had no coach is going to refer me. They're not going to say, Oh, go see coach Rhodes. The coaches are not, they're going to say, come see me. You know how coaching is. If you've been in the industry, it's not a, it's a me, me world. They're not going to refer me. They're not going to tell a kid to go see me. What they're going to do is try to train themselves or not train them. So I'm just trying to stop the competition from taking me out, you know? And, and I do that by giving myself a fair chance on Google. See, when you get a request from Google, it's an unknown person who doesn't know you. They don't have any uh, preconceived ideas about you. They just going to try you out. And then that's when they find out that you're golden. You got to find, you got to, you got to find out that you're golden, but don't listen to the hype around you. Just come try us out. There's many yep. haters in this game. You know how that goes. People are just jealous that you're making money and they want to stop it. So like I said, I stopped that. I, I Now I hire trainers to come to me because I'm the number one SEO guy. They don't specialize in that. So I'm going to always have the leads with me so I can get the trainers to come work for me now. That's, That's the thing is, is typically people that open up gyms are good at training, good at coaching, not necessarily great at running a business, right? There's a lot of skills that go into running a business that aren't quite in line with training a client and so you you focused on the seo side of things and, and i'm sure that there are thousands of other business type skills that that you could spend time on to learn those things as well you know what i mean could i take a just a 10 second pause here just for one second is that possible yeah go ahead just 10 seconds i gotta open my door up for the cleaning crew okay They're go ahead my whole place i just gotta open the door up can i get yep. one second okay Good. right back yeah. right back About 15 minutes. Thank you. All right. I'm sorry about that. All right. Cool. And so, and so Daryl, I mean, you, you now have trainers come into the business. Are these independent trainers? Are they running their own business just under the umbrella of sports training LA? Yeah, they're independent. Um, and I'll give you an idea. There's a guy, good guy named Jason Lewis. He's a, his name is Raps Trainer. He's one of my trainers I brought into the team. He trains his own clients. He, you know, he does his own marketing. He, you know, he does it all. And, but he needed a location. So most times these guys are already got their clients. They just need a location. We provide it to them for some small, small fee. And that's how that works. Okay. And so you're, you're collecting revenue now from clients and members as well as trainers, right? Yeah. And so yeah. the business is, the business is making money in a couple of different ways. Let me ask you this, Daryl. I mean, moving forward, where is your focus? Are you trying to get more clients in? Are you trying to get more trainers in? What's kind of the, the number one priority for you? Yeah, you know, that that's a good question because what I believe it or not, what I've done was I pretty much moved everything out of the, the business location and made it private. So here's where I am. So I'm giving out the secrets. Here we go. Here's the secrets. So private gym, not public that's the catch. So 
that allows me to train anyone I want to at my own house. I have, I built a, a backyard, beautiful facility that's private. So if I wanted to bring clients to my place, my private place, I can't because it's private. See, that takes me out of the umbrella of public, which is a big problem when it comes to the pandemic. Uh, right now, there's a new virus out. There's two strands that are out right now, brand new strands, uh, more contagious than, than Corona. So what do you want me to do? You want me to open up even more my uh, location to be more contaminated? So what I do is I'm just gonna offer private training at a private facility, and then we do our outdoor stuff. So that way we don't have to be private all the time. So that's kind of okay. What, that's and so what you think moving forward, you think you can you can scale and grow just training outside? Is that kind of the yeah, focus? Absolutely. And now, of course, like I said, it's it's indoor, outdoor, uh, private. So if I let's just say I had a place in Beverly Hills, a mansion house, just just to say I had that. And I wanted to train people at my house that I wouldn't let everyone come. It would just be those private clients. So that's where we're, that's kind of where this is going. It, I don't want to have public. I mean, I'm going to catch the virus. I'm going to catch it. Who knows what I'm going to catch. What I want to do is be able to keep my clients safe, be able to train them in a safe place and then offer them outdoor training as well. So that in case there's some, something going on at my location or some virus that they'll still be outdoors. So it's not, I don't want the client to get used to being indoors. It's, it's time to be outdoors until the rain stops us, until the weather stops us or something, you know? But other than that, I'd rather, exp I'd rather take the chance of, of training in a private facility and then outdoors. And that's kind of where I'm going. I'm going to close my doors. Those doors are, will be closed. Why would I pay the $4,000 a month and my own house payment and try to maintain the gym? It's, it's not going to work. And that's because that's just a society. This is the society we've been dealt. This gym industry is in a peril, if you want to say it. And I don't think many people will make it. And I think the guys that are adapting, uh, one of the guys is me, uh, private facility, main clients. As long as I'm taking care of my, butter, my bread and butter clients, then what do I have to worry about? And then outdoor clients, those are all my sports kids and all the, you know, that's, I go to a place called Rancho Cienega Park, the number one training facility in California here. And that's a public place. And, and if you're not there, you're not training with the best. That's where the best go. So, you know, you got to utilize. And one of the guys told me yesterday, he says, you know what, Coach Roach? If we don't use this place, they're going to take it from us. What do you mean? He said, just coming from other areas. They're just going to take the place over. What do you mean? Now, I knew what he was talking about. But see, if we don't use the, the parks and the things that we have, it will be taken from us because it's not being utilized. So yep. imagine uh, all this time, these parks have been sitting there, all this open space, land, not being utilized. So, you know, I, I just have to face the facts that we yeah. gotta be outdoors more. It's too much land out there to not be utilized. Yeah. And so you think running the business entirely mobile, right? Without having kind of a headquarters and, and going place to place, is that, that the future for you? That's the future. And I didn't know how you would perceive that, but it didn't really matter because the bottom line is I'm prospering. And not only that, I still have my trainers with me so they can come too now. That's well, I mean, that's at the end of the day, this is a business, man. And, and business. money in versus money out is, is all that matters. That's the scoreboard. Absolutely. You're absolutely right. I love you, man. I like you. You're going to help my business. You're going to get my thoughts to where I'm like, okay, I got my thoughts solid. This guy really got me solid on my thoughts. Appreciate it.
yeah, but yeah that, that's what well, it I was. mean Daryl it's, it's all it's it's incredible it's incredibly important to remember you started this business to live the life that you want to live not not anybody else's life and so I, I think whether or not anybody else likes your model doesn't matter right it's it's whether or not it's making you money and paying your bills and allowing you to be in the position that you want to be and if it is thank you right that's the right thing man because you know what doing all this and not having the desire that you want it do, it doesn't it's not worth it i yep. it's not worth it i mean it. we, we see here. plenty 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 of gym owners that have 500 members but they're working 100 hours a week and they're not making any money because their expenses are so high that's i don't know if that's any better right <laughs> it's, not, it's not any better matter of fact we call that slavery because yeah. you can't even stop it and you're, you're stuck. Yeah. It's slavery. And that's yeah, the last thing I'll It's not a business anymore. You just gave yourself multiple jobs. You just yep. have a whole lot of jobs. And then what happens when you get sick? What happens when your body breaks down from just wear and tear? What happens when you get a kidney stone like I did about four years ago? Like, like I said, man, <laughs> once you go down and you don't have anything there left to work, then you're done. You're done. Yep. Daryl, this is, I mean, this is an important conversation because I think gym owners kind of lose sight of that a lot. They lose sight of what they do to make the business successful and not successful in other people's eyes. And so I really appreciate your mindset when it comes to that. And it's probably a pretty good place to start to wrap this whole thing up. But before yeah. we get out of here, I want to give you the chance to to tell people where they could find out a little bit more about this. Is there, is there social media? Is there a website? Where should people go to find out more about your business? You can go to the Instagram, which is sports training, Los Angeles. That's Instagram. That's the main one. Of course, we got the website, which is sports training, Los Angeles.com. Uh, and you can go to the website or Instagram, both the same name. And once again, if you go to Google, you can search, just type in sports performance, type in speed training, type in agility training, type in anything related to training and we'll pop up, mm. we'll pop up. Yeah. You, and I, I tell people to test me on that because you know, the bottom line, if you can't pop up and I pop up, I got you, I got you. So my yeah. thing is test me out, see if I'm the number one search company. And then I'll probably provide the best services, man. I really do. I've, I've been doing the longest. I'm not prideful about it. You're going to get the workout that you want. Your goals are going to get met. Your body's going to change. And then if you want to take it to the next level, we can go and do this advanced training for, you know, top athletes. So just let us yeah. know. That's perfect, man. This has been, this has been a bunch of fun and, and I really appreciate the insight into how you run this business and, and why you do what you do just as much as what you do. We'll have to check in with you down the road and see where this thing takes you. How's that sound? I love it. I, I want to hear back. I want you guys to come back and, and give me an update so I can tell you, hey, man, this is like sponsorships. And like my guys that I'm working with, they're getting sponsorships from big time companies. And so you can have a small, let's say a little small private gym, but you got big sponsors. So that's kind of where we're going, man. And they're giving us all kind of product and stuff. And we don't have to have a location to have sponsorship. They sponsors are into the person. They're into the type of client they 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 want to give their product or showcase. So I have celebrity clients. So you know, once again, you don't have to have a location to have sponsorships or to have people support you. And that's what I want to uh, portray for now. Yeah. Yep. That's perfect, man. And and I I really appreciate your time. And and I'm excited to see where you take this whole thing. And so 
like I said, we'll have to check in with you down the road. And, and thank you for your time today, my man. Thank you, too. Jim awesome. Lord. So everyone else who tuned in, thank you, too. If you want to know about future episodes, if you want to be notified, click like and subscribe. If you're interested in hearing or interviewing about your business model within the fitness industry, click the link in the description, fill it out. Our team will be in touch with you soon. And as always, until next time, Jim Lord's out. Thank you for listening to this interview, but don't go anywhere. We still have two more incredible interviews coming right up inside this episode. But if you're a gym owner that's looking to get more clients, keep them longer, and make more money, head to the link in the description of this podcast and schedule a free leave your credit card at home consultation with one of our business consultants. You see, here at Gym Launch, we've helped over 4,000 gym owners across the world increase their sales, take home more money, and build the business of their dreams. And it simply starts with a phone call. Click on the link in the description of this podcast to schedule your call today. Now, let's head into the next interview. Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast. We talk fitness business with gym owners who are in the trenches, doing work, changing lives in their area. I'm your host, Dominic. Today, I'm here with my guest, owner of Iron Monkey Strength, Long Island, New York. Jason Giles, how are you doing today? I'm doing pretty good. How are you? I am doing great, sir. Excited to dig into this. Let's just jump in, man. Tell me, what's Iron Monkey Strength all about? Iron Monkey Strength is about two things. We're about educating and training, teaching people how to lift well, safely and effectively, so they make it part of their life, not just something they're doing for a term. And we're here to elevate the status of the fitness professional so that they're a legitimate career, something you can actually be proud of. Awesome. So give us a little background. This thing was born in your garage a few years ago. You had, I know you had some background as a trainer, went through the corporate gym thing, but where did the, the idea of Iron Monkey, you know, start to really take shape and what's been the, the progress from there? Well, I mean, yeah, it started in my garage, like an 800 square foot space I had. It was actually a sweet garage gym. And um, I think the envy of many in my neighborhood, but the, um, the, the idea was to originally set up group classes with good programming. So it, in many ways, originally it was going to be like a smarter CrossFit was my idea. Um, and I tried for a, a little while and um, things were going pretty good as I started to make adjustments with things and tweak things here and there. Um, and then, of course, when I opened up my brick and mortar space, this was the idea when I opened up in February of 2020. Six weeks later, I'm shut down because the world stops. And I had to reevaluate everything for a lot of reasons, financial reasons. And then also I had time to think about what was actually happening during those six weeks. And I made a huge pivot. I made a huge change uh, in my direction of what I, the mission was X. This is what I want to do. This is what I was doing. It didn't quite meet the mission. And financially, this was not going to be sustainable. So I made a huge pivot, adjusted to a more personal training model with this supervised open lift concept. <clears throat> you, we will probably talk about the rite of passage. I invented that and we started running it as soon as the, the great state of New York allowed gyms to open up in that September, um, which was like I, I was chomping at the bit to open up. It was a terrible, terrible, terrible time. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. The pandemic was, was brutal. And I think 
the, the three areas overwhelmingly that got hit the hardest were like New York Metro, California, and then Ontario, Canada. Like <laughs> could all sit around and commiserate about all the bad, <laughs> the bad things that they want to talk about uh, with their local politicians and, and how that hurt. So you know, the, <laughs> the incarnation that we're in now is was born out of you having a lot of free time in the pandemic, a lot of time to think about what you wanted to do ultimately. And you came up with, hey, you know, if people want, if they want to lift right, lift effectively, get great training, you know, on the on the West End of Long Island and in the outer boroughs there, I want to be the guy. Like I'm not trying to be all things to all people. Um, there's a specific niche there and maybe to a degree a niche you know as we discussed that you may be creating but uh how did you figure out all right this is this is who i want to be this is how i want to execute it um and how did that factor into basically your your brand statement your mission statement like how did those things come together as you reimagine dire monkey well it started it started with what what is everybody asking for it, it, that's how I started thinking about it. What, I, what did all my clients ask for? They wanted to, to know that they were doing things safely. They wanted to know that they were getting results and it, they were going to you know, feel better and look better, et cetera. They wanted accountability, right? And they wanted to, some kind of structure, right? Those are the main things that, that they were looking for. And I thought about, well, what we need to do is we need to teach people how to do these things so that they can execute them on their own. Cause no matter how good I am, I can't follow you around and, and give you coaching cues on how to lift a 50 pound bag of kitty litter or whatever. You need to know how to lift things on your own. And um, I'm not going to follow you around the gym all the time either. Right. There's just, you need a certain little autonomy. And what I've also found is if people don't know what they're doing, they often won't be inclined to do it without somebody there. So that's not helpful. So I thought about how do I usually teach clients how to lift weights? I scaffolded a program like you would for an education plan. Like if you were putting together a curriculum and I basically, I, my, my, uh, one of my studio managers says, it's amazing. It's almost like you've created a college course on how to lift. And <clears throat> that's basically what we sell people. We just don't, we don't tell them all. We learned right off the bat that if you tell them all of that, it's overwhelming so instead, we just say, look, we're going to give you personal training, two training sessions per week, plus one open lift session. We're, you're going to get the exercise and the fitness, and you're going to get stronger and more mobile and all the stuff you're looking to do. And you're going to know how to do it on your own so that you can leave my gym at any time. Once you're done, go to anybody else's gym anywhere in the world, pick out the equipment you need and do what you got to do and feel like, you know, you know what you're doing. That's the promise we give them. Um, and that's pretty much how it, how it operates. I mean, um, I, I found that I have to, I hate using the term dumb it down, but I have to simplify it when speaking to the layman. Yeah. So when it comes to the intersection of the average person who comes to you, are they saying like, I want to learn to lift. I want to work out. I think strength training is the way. Are they saying, Hey, you know, I feel fat. I want to lose weight. I want to, you know, is there a typical trend that mm -hmm. you find, you know, people come into that end up being, being the, the best fit because you, you know, if, if someone goes on, they, 
they check out your website, they're going to see basically a lot of strength equipment, right? People might be these days, they picture, you know, they're looking for rowers or bikes or treadmills. And they think that that's like the only way for body transformation. So <laughs> is there a niche in that, in how people come in and where you steer the conversations? God, I wish I had a nickel for every time somebody asked me if we do cardio and where the machines are. Um, I'd be, I'd pay my rent with that. The, um, <laughs> the, yeah, that, I mean, I'd say we probably like 60, 40, I do get people who come in. I want to learn how to Ollie lift, or I get people who come in. I want to learn how to power lift. Those do happen, but I would not be able to pay my rent on that number. That wouldn't be the case. So the, the average person, my school teachers, my moms, my, my college students, there, some of them, there's a growing trend of, uh, I guess it's generation Z, um, who want to lift heavy. Like they're coming in going, I want to lift heavy and I want to know how to do it right. And I'm like, you're awesome. <laughs> Give me a hug. And I take them under my wing and we rock and roll. But the majority I would say are people who don't understand they're using the term cardio and I'm using the term conditioning. And you know, like I, I have to make a case for strength. Actually, I was on the phone with my financial advisor yesterday and he was telling me how he's working out at Orange Theory. And I'm like, that's great, man. Good for you. You keep doing that. I'm proud of you. And he was telling me how he was intimidated to come and work out with me. I said, that's really interesting, Ron. Um, I was like, you don't need to be intimidated. I think we have all kinds of people who come in here and work out and learn how to lift heavy. Um, I was like, it's not, I try to take the intimidation factor out of it. I was like, basically, I have to make a case for strength. And so I was like, Ron, because this is where the financial and manager part comes in. Ron, I use you as an analogy, believe it or not. I say, think of strength like a financial portfolio, right? If you only have, you know, X amount of strength, but your daily life costs Y, and it's way more than the actual base level strength that you have, you're tired all the time. Your body falls apart. You can't do as much. It's like borrowing on your credit card, spending everything on your credit cards all the time, and now you're in debt, right? But if you're really freaking strong and you invest in that strength and you're spending time and you're getting stronger and you have more resilient and things are easier, that's like a portfolio from Merrill Lynch to get you like 10% on, uh, on your finances, right? Who doesn't love 10%? I love 10%. I'll take that any day, right? And people get that because it's a financial. Most people are like, oh, yeah, okay, that makes sense. I was like, if you can deadlift 300 pounds, picking up 100 pounds is not hard. That's easy, right? right. And that means everything else in life is easier. You want more energy to play with your kids? Get stronger. You want to be able to run a marathon without your legs hurting the next day? Get stronger. That's it. Simple. How often do you, do you find yourself getting that in-depth when you first interact with somebody? Like somebody comes in, and I ask this because I think there's a borderline of overwhelm, and I think you've seen it. <laughs> um, I talk hey, too much is the problem. <laughs> hey, I just, I, you know, you know, you dug down to it, Jason. You asked me a million questions. The real answer is, I, you know, beach season is coming. I want to be able to take my shirt off and not swim with a t-shirt on. Does the conversation turn to, cool, man, we're going to do personal training twice a week. We're going to do this. Um, and 
work with me, I'll get you there? Or does it go into the case for strength, for the execution, for everything that's going to happen? Like, I only bring up the strength thing if they, they bring up the thing about they don't understand it. Usually when I say strength, they think bodybuilding mm -hmm. and that turns them off. They're intimidated. Like, I don't want to get that big. I, I don't know why they think that's the case. Um, and so then I just have to educate them on that. But if they tell me they just want to look good naked or at the beach or whatever, then it comes down to uh, why, why, why is that important to you? Can you tell me a little bit about that? And if I can figure out what their real motivation is, then I'll use that to get them to sign up. Um, and I'm sure that what we provide will provide for that why, but I need them to also connect the dot for them to be, um, to have the enthusiasm to sign up, right? Um, so getting down to their why is always the key to closing. Absolutely. And even more importantly, I think, and we're on the same page here, getting down to someone's why is the key to actually being able to help them and not just take their money. A hundred percent. Cause here's the thing, right? If you're not speaking to that, right. Then they're not going to show up. <laughs> and if they don't show up, or at least not for long, happens. <laughs> not yeah. for long, right. Nothing happens. Nothing happens. If you don't do the work. best planning in the world, execution, nothing happens. Right. Okay. So you have these conversations with people and whether it turns into uh you know, a treatise on the benefits of strength training, <laughs> or it's Sorry just like, cool, I can get you there. Let's sign up. Either way, people come into your rite of passage program, which is, you know, maybe, maybe you're going to trademark or copyright it or whatever you do. Maybe hopefully no, if you listen into this and you copy it, send, send Jason a t-shirt or some money or, Starbucks <laughs> or something, but tell us what this looks like. It's, it's a little different than, I'd say anything that I've ever heard of. And uh, I venture to guess that I talk to more people on a regular basis about these things than, than almost anybody. Um, so it's, it's a combination, personal training, open gym, it's got a structure, it's got everything built out into it, but it's your absolute necessity for any sort of onboarding. So give us a little bit more detail on how that works. And then we'll, we'll come around and talk about how you've made it financially viable for people to get a high value service and not choke on the price. Right. Uh, it's basically, it's set up to scaffold and build up. So week one, we'll teach, for example, the first day we teach them how to kettlebell deadlift and look at their hinge pattern. Uh, we fix anything that's related to that, because if that's going to be a problem, it's probably going to relate to many other problems in any other lifting you're doing. So we nip that in the butt right away. And as the program continues, you know, like by week three, they're doing kettlebell dead swings and kettlebell swings. They have goblet squats and kettlebell presses, and they know how to do the Turkish get up loaded. By the time they get to week five, they're learning how to barbell deadlift and bench press. By the time they've ended and they're into their, uh, their eighth week of everything, they know all the basic barbell lifts, bench press, back squat, um, deadlift, front squat, and the barbell military press from a standing position, not that seated thing that people do. And <clears throat> it's uh, freaking awesome, first of all, to watch this happen. And we hold them to a high standard on technique. This is, I think, key. A lot of people don't like to hold people, hold people accountable, but people like being held accountable. They love that stuff. So like, if it doesn't hit depth, I'm like, that wasn't a back squat. We got to work on that, right? That's just what it is. And if the, if the, uh, the deadlift is uh, hitching or ramping, 
that's not a dead that wouldn't pass in a raw meat so that's not going to pass here right so what are the rules what are the standards for a good lift and then everybody knows that and that's part of the magic of the rite of passage is when people finish this program they know our standards whether they meet them or not that may be you know depend on the person but they know the standard and they know what they're working for they know what they're trying to improve upon from a skill point of view and that help can create a certain level of enthusiasm by the time they finish the whole program they know all the basic kettlebell lifts or kettlebell snatching double bell pressing uh, they know all your basic power lifts and they can do strength training and conditioning using bells and barbells um a few other little interesting things that we teach a, a warm-up and a cool down we use the ground force method for that and um uh they know how to row they know how to do like pull-ups and all that stuff um and that's pretty much it we graduate we give them a certificate of completion we take a picture with them and give them a pin they get their open lifter pin uh we put it up on social media and we talk about their five rep max what they hit as a pr and we celebrate that um and that's part that's also part of the marketing thing but it's also a big part of our culture is celebration i have a huge brass pr bell in my gym 1500 square feet this thing is way bigger than i need and people will ring that thing and i swear my neighbors can hear it but it's freaking awesome and we all cheer even if it's me just me i cheer like there's 10 of us I'm like yeah good job you know and that makes a big like it creates a, a a great vibe and it's a great culture around physical training did I answer that question? Did I run around it in circles? No, you sure did. So, um, no, I think you, you know, for the, for the listener, I think you built the value. This is something we, you know, argue value price, all that as much as you want. Suffice to say this program is easily worth a few thousand dollars, whatever that means to you. It's, it's probably worth that if not more, but not everybody walks into a facility saying, I want to look good naked, or I want to get a little stronger or a lot stronger. Here's a few grand. So you have built it in with, with a, I won't call it a long-term, medium-term commitment and amortize it. So you charge a, a little bit more than what you normally would on a bi-weekly membership and allow people to spread that out. So, and that was a change from what you used to do. So can you walk us through that a little bit? Yeah, it took me a year to figure out that the, one of the big obstacles to closing was the fact that we were originally charging okay sign up today and it'll cost you 400 bucks for the first month and then we were hoping that by just getting them in the door for the first month that they would be okay with spending 650 the second month and 650 the third month to finish the program and um, you know we made sales and we had people even pay for everything all up front but um, we lost quite a few because they would look at me and go wow that's a huge financial commitment that's you know you know, $1,800 or $1,600 or whatever it is. Um, I don't know, you know, cause I've never done anything like this before. And I was like, huh, all right. So after a year of fiddling around with this, we we're like, why don't we do this? Let's make it six months. And we're going to charge bi-weekly 200 bucks every two weeks. So it's like a hundred bucks a week. I mean, hundred bucks a week in New York, you could go to dinner for a hundred bucks, right? hundred bucks a week. Alone. And you're going to get <laughs> maybe right by yourself uh <laughs> eating all alone with 100 bucks it's true um 100 bucks a week you're gonna get two training sessions and one open lift session everything's included it's not like you got to pay a gym membership on top of that you know and uh you're gonna get coaching and you have access to great facility as far as equipment goes um when you finish the rite of passage you just continue on paying off 
your training, right? Because we spread it out over those six months so it doesn't hit your wallet so hard. Uh, and then once you finish the rite of passage, we hand deliver you a new program. So it might be a six week program or an eight week program or a 12 week program that based off of what we discussed at the end of your rite of passage is your goal. Like, what do you want to work on now that you've learned all these lifts and we know what your main goal here is, is to look good at the beach. But now you've learned some lifts. Is there something specific you want to work on? Like a lot of girls will say, I want to get my first ever pull up. Great. Let's put that together for you. And we put the program together. I have a, like a library of 25 or 26 different programs. So I'll pick one that looks like it works around and then I'll tailor it to what they need deliver it onto Train Heroic and they rock and roll. And then they continue. Once they finish the six months, they can make a choice at that point. Do you want to continue as an open lifter here and keep training and getting to coaching? It's a little bit less money. Or do you want to move on with your life and take all this great knowledge we gave you and go out there and conquer the world? Whatever you want to do, I'm here to support you. That's pretty much it. All right. So we know what you do when people show up the conversations you have, how they get started. The minutia of the continuation is, is probably a, a topic for a different podcast, but I want to hit <laughs> a little bit of the logistics of, you know, for people that are thinking about starting a business who have, who have goals to grow. And I know that, you know, you do have some growth goals, um, but you started off in a smaller location, um, I'm sure there are a lot of things factored in. So can you give me kind of what your thought process was? You know, everybody would like to have a 10, 20, 30, 50,000 square foot gym if if money, people, and time were no object. But you started <laughs> off smaller and the goal is to, you know, be bursting at the seams before you leave there. But how did you arrive at the size that you did? How much, you know, thought went into location, rent, size? You know, what were those considerations? Originally, I wanted to buy a building. I was like, I'll, you know, hawk everything I have in order to buy a building and be my own landlord. And I still think that would have been a great idea. But my, uh, my uncle, who is also my lawyer was like, you don't want, even know if you want to be a landlord. He's like, why don't you just focus your on your business first? And he encouraged me to be lean and mean his words, and get a smaller space and focus on just really you know, getting the business established. And he was very smart. I appreciate his wisdom there for a lot of reasons. We didn't know then, again, that the world was going to shut down for six months. Had I gone into Hawk and put everything I had into a building, I might have been royally screwed. Um, <laughs> I would have had nothing, nothing to run my business off of. It would have been a mess. Um, so I'm really, really glad I took his advice there. Now, we, after I realized the size and scope of what it was I wanted to do, that was going to be you know, manageable for me, which was about, I was looking at anywhere from 1,200 to 2,000 square feet. I didn't want to be a tucked away in a corner in an industrial area where people couldn't find me because I've watched what happens to gym businesses on Long Island that do that. I wanted to be really prime location where people could find me easily. So I picked a busy street. I talked to a couple of real estate guys and had them show me places. And we landed on this spot in Franklin Square, which I had never really heard of. I didn't even know Franklin Square was. But as I looked at the demographics, the money that people made, you know, the kinds of people that were around there, I said, this is a good spot. There's no gyms really in this area. There's like little uh, training studios here and there. There's the occasional big box there or over there. But in this general city, there's not much going on. 
So that means there's a community that needs me. And then I looked at how the proximity was to, you know, the big city as far as Queens and Brooklyn and the Bronx and, um, you know, being kind of like right on the edge there of what would be New York city and what would be considered Nassau County or Long Island. I was like, this is huge population of people and a great draw for me, um, close to JFK, et cetera. And, um, so then I, I was like, I want this spot. I actually took two storefronts. <laughs> there were two separate stores back to back and um, almost lost the lease in the negotiation. I'm sure you could do a separate podcast on that because <laughs> that got the things I learned in negotiating a lease. Whoo. It was a very rocky, very stressful few months of negotiation. Uh and uh, ended up getting these two storefronts side by side, knocked the wall down, put a steel beam in. By the way, I didn't do that work. I hired a contractor. <laughs> and, good call. Um, yeah, good call. And um, spent, I think I went through a whole pad of uh, graph paper mapping out where I was going to put my equipment and how I was going to organize the space. Uh, just, I don't like this. And drawing it out and then, I don't like that. So I put a lot of thought in how it was going to be put together. Um, and then, so now we got 1500 square feet and it took me a little while to figure out like what the maximum occupancy was that, I mean, fire code says one thing, training code says another. And uh, I wanted to be realistic because I don't want people to be unsafe, you know? So keeping my, my ethics in check, I came to that number, mapped out what I would need to do. And over time I figured out based on price changes and structure of our program, what the strategy is going to be to get to that busting at the seams number. Um, basically we just got to sell three to four rite of passages a month this year and we'll, we'll be, we'll hit it. And I'm pretty confident we can do that. Actually, this is super uh, exciting. I'm, I'm very confident that you can too. It sounds like uh, you've put a lot of pieces in play here. Uh, we're running low on time here, so hopefully we can get you back for round two. But before we close out round one, uh, two big questions I always like to make sure we cover before before we let anybody go. One, what's what's the the Jim Collins big hairy audacious goal? Like where you know where do you see yourself if if everything lines up? How many locations, you know, how, how much Long Island do you take over? What do things look like for, for Iron Monkey? Is there a franchise? I mean, if you, uh, people yeah. ask me if I'm a franchise now, like I said, that would be awesome if I was right. Uh, I think the big goal first is to just be like the Ron John surf shop of Long Island, you know, to be the place that everybody in the world's like, if you got to work out in New York, you should go there and check that place out. Cause those guys are amazing over there. That's a cool place. And then bigger goal would be to begin locating, creating locations, not just in, in Long Island. I would look to open up a spot and, you know, moving into the tri-state, move out into New Jersey, maybe put one in Connecticut, maybe get one in Florida, pop one. I would look to sprinkle them in to communities to make a, um, a big splash from that point of view. I don't understand franchises enough to really tell you that I want to create a franchise. I'll need to do some learning there. Um, but maybe who knows? Awesome, man. And then the last question, um, you've been a trainer for a long time, been in business for a while now. Uh, there's a million lumps, a million lessons, a million inflection points, but if there's any one thing that stood out that you could go back and tell younger Jason about being in the fitness business that you think would serve you best. Is there anything that stands out? 
I could go back to me as a young trainer and talk to that person. I would tell that person to, to not read too much into the dogma of other people's businesses, to make your own decisions based on your own values and principles and to not think that there's a one size fits all, uh, keep learning, you know, never stop learning that that's pretty much what I would tell myself. I mean, I, I don't know if that's all that wise, but like, um, I'd say it is, there's a lot of people who, <laughs> who had, people hit their point and they're like, they're, I legitimately talk to people on a regular basis. who are like, yeah, I don't need to learn anything else. I'm like, boy, that's going to turn into a hard lesson somewhere along the way. So you either do it by choice or do it by force, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you're going to be uh, if you're going to be dumb, you better be tough. But uh, I think in business, that's not a good idea. <laughs> Hopefully rich, too. Right. So amen to that. <clears throat> yeah. So right, that's, sir, that's it. Last thing before we let you go, where can people find you in the electronic universe? All right. Well, you can find us on Instagram at, at Iron Monkey Strength. You can find us on the web, www.ironmonkeystrength.com. And uh, you can find us on Facebook, Iron Monkey Strength. Awesome. Thank you very much for uh, not having a bunch of underscores and numbers and weird things for people to remember. It's, I don't know how people start businesses without thinking about that these days, but if you're thinking about it, make sure your names are not taken everywhere. <laughs> when you tell somebody it's Iron Monkey, four underscores, strength number 22 and then there's the Morse code i, I want to punch myself in the face so i hear you anyway, anyway. okay sir i appreciate you being here thank you so much for your time it's been a pleasure i hope we can get you back to uh to dig into some other things we didn't have time for today all right thank you dominic i appreciate it you're thank welcome you for having me you're welcome to everyone out there listening we appreciate you we hope you found amusement inspiration entertainment and Anything else you were looking for in this episode, we kind of covered a lot of bases here. If you want to hear more uh, personalities like Jason, I don't know if there's a lot, but we'll try to follow that up. Hit the subscribe button. We'll notify you when new episodes drop. To everyone out there in Jim Ward's nation, keep working hard. Keep changing lives. Jim Ward's out. Thank you for listening to the podcast so far. Don't go anywhere. We still have another episode coming right up right after this word from one of our sponsors. The Gym Lords podcast is sponsored by Prestige Labs. Prestige Labs is the first and only nutritional supplements company built by gym owners for gym owners. Prestige Labs solves the problem that all gyms have experienced, the broken inventory model, low commissions, and even lower quality products. Prestige Labs provides 100% drop shipping, zero inventory, PhD formulated high quality supplements for you and your clients. The goal is simple, cover 100% of your rent while never sacrificing your integrity. To learn more or to become an affiliate of Prestige Labs for free, apply at affiliate.prestigelabs.com. That's affiliate.prestigelabs.com. Double your client results, double your income. You can head to affiliate.prestigelabs.com to become an affiliate for free. Now stick around for the rest of this episode. Use coupon code GYMLORDS on prestigelabs.com for 20% off all future supplement orders. What's up, Gym Lords? 
Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. My name is Bree. I will be your host today, and I'm here with Clayton from Active Physio Recovery Center in Whitby, Ontario. What's up, Clayton? How are you today? I'm doing well, Brianna. I'm glad to be here. I'm excited for this podcast. So yeah, let's get into it. Awesome. Glad to hear it. Thanks for taking the time. I appreciate it. All right, so let's jump right into the details here. How did you get started? What is it that made you want to own your own facility? Well, I started, I've been doing personal training now for about 17 years. Um, when, I start, when I first started in the business, I started out in the uh, massage therapy uh, realm. That's where I got my, my formal education about the body. And then I morphed it into fitness. Uh, I left massage therapy for a while, left the business, and then decided to come back in through the door of personal fitness and also get recertified through massage therapy. So it's been a bit of a road. Um, uh, lately, like, you know, as you know, with COVID, it's just been a, a huge challenge, but that's been the, uh, like the, the path, right? Starting off with fitness and massage therapy, left both of those and then decided to come back full circle again to get back into uh, both industries, getting certified uh, through fitness and also getting registered through massage therapy as well. Awesome. Okay. So your facility now, does it combine both kind of services together or how do you structure things within the business now today great great question actually um i've actually partnered with uh, a clinic so while my business is active physio recovery center as you can see behind me here we work with a force of personal training we do small group settings we also do some youth athletic training and we sublease our gym floor from a larger clinic space the clinic has two levels. They have chiro, physio, massage therapy, acupuncture. This that holistic clinical act aspect. And then we have a part of that. It's about a 3,000 square foot area uh, or facility. And we have about 1,000 square feet for the gym space. And we work in coordination. It's called Active Life Rehab and Wellness. So we work with Active Life Rehab and Wellness. We sublease from them. We also do some uh, PTA or physiotherapy assistant type of subcontract work. We do a lot of referrals back and forth between both businesses. We'll do go out and do community outreach together. So really and truly this business and active life, they're almost the same age. Mm -hmm. We decided to partner. I left another business uh, that I was working with and decided to partner with the clinic. And we've just been growing together over the last seven years. And it's, you know, it's been good and it's been, you know, as you know, it's been challenging. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And that's a, a good setup, though, to have everything in one building. And I'm sure that the businesses kind of feed each other. That's so, right. exactly. yeah. Awesome. Okay. So now within the facility currently, how many clients or members are you currently serving? Currently serving, we're at around probably half of what we were serving. We're at about 50 to 65 clients that we're serving actively. We were serving uh, around 100, but just because of, you know, as current situation, we're trying to build that back again. So that's where we are right now. About 50 okay. to 65 clients, yeah. Okay. And I know in, in Canada, things were a little bit crazy as far as lockdowns and restrictions. And it's like you went right. through it multiple times over. Mm -hmm. um, so uh, worse than a lot of different areas of the world. So how have you been able to recover for, from that? What has recovery looked like from that? Do you, do you see things are picking up 
again or is it kind of like a slow trickle how are things looking post covid well it is it is picking up it's been uh, you know through all of the changes i mean not just was of course there was you know covid and the lockdowns and the restrictions it uh we also there was also a third partner in the business and then that left that partner left the business as well so we've had a few challenges um and just trying to build it back again it's been a little slower than i would want it to be because while i was very good with outreach and connecting with people and you know bringing in you know sales the partner that was with us was a little bit more involved in the social media side of it and building the business. He could train as well, but he was definitely more involved in that aspect of the business and building that social media presence and marketing and advertising. So that has been a little bit of a tricky area for us to build. We've been kind of having some struggles with that and maintaining that presence and regaining that presence. People have been coming back, but it's been slow. Uh, we found in the last month, things have picked up really well. So, which is really, Really great but it, it has been a very slow process with you know open and close and restrictions and having to wear masks do you wear masks people haven't come back because you know we because of the clinical aspect of it and the clinic has been considered an essential service right. we require that people do come in and wear the mask as long as the clinic is open outside of the clinic hours we could operate as a gym because it's a little bit of a it's a yeah. funny situation right you know Clinical yeah. hours, 10 to 7, need a mask. Outside of clinical hours, early morning, as you know, you have personal training clients are coming at 6 a.m. or 7 a.m. And then we have some classes that run later than 7 o'clock in the evening, some of the youth athletic programs and some one-on-one -on -one clients. So outside of those hours, so we found a lot of people don't didn't come back because they didn't agree with the mandates. I wouldn't say a lot, maybe about 10 to 15% because they built their home gyms and they're comfortable with that. They don't want to be bothered with all of the different rules and guidelines. So that's been the, uh, the challenge, right? So we've really had to go after people a little bit more, become a little bit more active. And that's been a challenge for me because I'm not so great with the whole social media and marketing and you know getting better but it's 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 been tough yeah yeah it's a whole other beast to tackle the whole yeah. marketing advertising game yeah so mm -hmm. what are you doing right now as far as marketing goes are you doing uh is it mostly just like organic posting on social media are you doing any paid advertising through facebook instagram google anything of that nature what does that all look like I think that I'm not exactly sure what you mean by organic, but I think it's been more organic than paid stuff. Okay. Uh, I don't know where to spend my money with regards to that area yet, right? We didn't spend a ton of money before because, uh, well, just the person who was running it, uh, they were very good with just, well, I, to me, they were very good uh, with, uh, with with just engaging and using the different platforms and posting on different platforms and and being very consistent with the posts and all that. Now, with me, like like last night, we had a youth program. We have a U14 performance program and a U18 performance program that run back to back. So I'll just go Instagram live, set it up, tag a bunch of people and let it run for two hours. Right. So or an hour and a bit, depending on who's in the program and what's happening. So that's more how I'm going to do it. I'm going to do 
stuff like that. I might do a few posts here and there. I'll go on Canva, put together like, you know, the performance program package and, and a flyer. And then I'll have an email list and then I'll send it out to um, all of the Oshawa generals and Oshawa tours. Those are the, some of the um, hockey and soccer uh, athletic programs uh, that we have contact with and we have a really good, um, I guess, relationship with. And I'll use those email contacts to uh, to advertise some of the programs that we're doing because we do a lot of, you know, off-season, post-season training, in-season training as well. We'll do a lot of outdoor summer programs, try to take advantage of the warm weather when it's here in, uh, in Canada. So, so we have, you know, different times in which we can push forward. But it, it's the area that I struggle with is just the consistent you know, uh, advertising, the paid advertisement. Um, and just, I want to learn more about that or find somebody who really knows how to utilize those aspects. I, don't, I just don't want to start spending money right. and, uh, and not have it be effective and not be able to track it and know what's effective, right? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Really good points there. I mean, yeah, you don't want to just be throwing money out there and kind of crossing your fingers and hoping for the best, especially at a time like this, you know, when you're building the business back up post COVID um, and, you know, making sure that you're, you're spending the money in the right areas, you're targeting properly. There's a lot that comes into play when we talk about the paid advertising, um, you know, to make sure you're getting the right people in the door and spending money and getting a return there and yeah there's there's a lot that goes into it but on the on the flip side of that once you do figure it out it can be a huge game changer because there are so many people i'm sure even within your area that don't even know that you're there and don't know the the services that you provide you know so it's it's important to get out there and kind of extend that reach and target the right people um but with that being said, so it sounds like you're doing a lot of athletic training. Uh, Are you also doing a lot of kind of general fitness, general population training as well, kind of two sides to the business? Yes, Uh, that that was initially that was the main that was the meat and potatoes of our business pre-COVID, right, where we did have some athletic programming. It was mainly general fitness, general population, anywhere from, you know, mostly mostly females from uh, the age of like, say, like early 30s up until like early retirement age, like into their early 60s. So that was generally our main uh, business and our main focus. So we did a lot of personal training, you know, from 6 a.m. to 8 p.m. We had multiple classes per week. You know, we had anywhere from about, it would fluctuate between five to seven classes per week, depending on the time of year and the promotions that we were doing. So that was really where most of our business was. And then when COVID hit and then all of a sudden, you know, the uh, young athletes couldn't go out and couldn't do all their sports. The parents were looking for something. So we started with online programming to help supplement, you know, not having people in here. So that aspect of our business started to grow and now it's blossoming. It's actually on the verge. Well, it is uh, verge of being either equal or a little bit more than our actual old business. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's been a, it's been a good change and uh, we're also doing a little bit more online right now as well. So I've had to become a little better with that aspect as well. So there's different aspects of the business have grown, but it's still, you know, it's in areas where I'm not super comfortable yet. Right. Yeah. Right. Okay. Um, yeah. And with the athletic training, so typically that's more 
seasonal, right? It's like, you'll have a group of athletes you're, you're training for a while. And usually that kind of spikes up the amount of people that are in the gym and then it'll quiet down a little bit. And then having that general fitness side of things, that tends to be the solid foundation for the business. Mm -hmm. So, um, it's always good to have that to rely on, on a monthly basis and not have to worry about your overhead and, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, all that good stuff. So, uh, now building back the, membership on the general fitness side of things when you are getting the word out there about what it is that you're doing what Mm -hmm. type of offers are you putting out there to the general fitness side of things is it to come in for some like type of a free consultation or a training session what does that look like lately we haven't done any specific offers for that it's been a little bit more trying to we're contacting the um, former clients well technically we've been contacting them say you know what come back in let's do a consultation where's your fitness at how can we help you we've been reaching out more maybe through instagram doing uh like seminars online say well uh, let's we're going to do a you know talk about sleep or you're struggling with your sleep so we're reaching out that way and then we did do a few thinking back yes we did do a class promotion which Mm -hmm. was like you know come on in for a week, you know, let's get you going again, try three classes. We did a special three personal training sessions for, you know, a price of $99 just to get people back in the door. So we did do that, but we didn't do a lot of it um, in that time period because things were, we didn't feel confident that the gyms were going to open up again for an extended period of time. So it was one of those things where we had to do something because we were opening but we couldn't really step out and really try to get a lot of traction because there's still some instability with, are we going to stay open? Are we not? So, yeah, so we need to, that's something that we need to do now, now that things are open a little bit more and we are actually fully functioning. That's another area that we have, we should be looking at um, uh, reaching out. But I found that a lot of those people are now like even just this, latter part of April, people are actually reaching out to us a little bit more. And I find I've just been trying to keep up with emails and programming and people are coming back. And I think that that could be a function of, okay, what you did, you know, in early part of April, March is now coming in into this month. So uh, I am finding that I've gotten a lot of emails, texts, people just wanted to come back now in the last week or so. So it's good. Good. Yeah, absolutely. This is the time of year that people start thinking about summer, you know, and getting in shape for summer and getting back in the gym. So it's good. It's a good time of year even to put some type of offer out there to draw more people. Right, right. And and get them to stick around this time because hopefully now we're in the clear. So we'll see. Yeah. (laughs) All right. So now um, what is the main goal for you within the business where would you like to take the business i like to call it like a a unicorn goal like in a perfect world Mm -hmm. where would you take the business how many people would you serve what is kind of the the big picture look like for you for the facility well in the next year what we have been planning and want to do is we're in the process of 
say it too loudly <laughs> for people listening. I'm just messing around. Uh, we want to actually move this facility. We've outgrown it because of the, the traction that we've started to get in the, in the youth athletic world. We want to open up our gym space. You want to add another 500 square feet to the current thousand that we have so we can service two, perhaps three teams or at least have multiple small groups in the, in the space where maybe we can run a small group as well as a team and maybe another, maybe have three different groups because I think that right now in this current location, based on even the COVID protocols, if they come back and, and we're limited to, you know, a person every six feet, we're really limited because the, the physiotherapist and the physiotherapist assistants also use the gym floor, right? So because of that relationship, so we want to have, so we're a little bit limited because we want to be able to have teams and also our personal training clients and the physiotherapists use the floor in the gym space. So in the next year, we're actually in the process of negotiating terms for a new place, new lease and all of that. So to help grow the business. So that's within the next uh, year or so. And hopefully the next five years moving forward from there, gain a little bit more traction within the community, become, um, you know, pulling more sports, right? So right now we're really focused on hockey and soccer, right? reach out to lacrosse and baseball and get more trainers on board as well to help build the business and become a little bit more of a, a community uh uh, proper word, the community uh, focused and engaged business because we already have a very good relationship with the clinic. So to build that as well, and also looking to find more trainers that have multiple skill sets where it's mm -hmm. not just personal training. Uh, so someone like myself, or even, of course, or even better, right, where I, I'm doing massage and I'm doing training. So to have more trainers that have that skill set to do maybe with, you know, massage, personal training, acupuncture, FST other type of uh, clinical modalities to help bridge those two worlds, right? To be able to bring the young athletes in here and to help them with injuries and performance. That is the idea. That's the whole idea is to really not just have two separate businesses, but have two separate businesses that also have uh, people within those businesses that are able to bridge the gap and right. work seamlessly between both businesses. That's yeah. the actual whole concept. Absolutely. Okay. And now, so taking the next step to the larger facility. So you said that that's something you'd like to do within a year, correct? Yes, yeah. Okay, and are you in a position now to be able to make that move? And if not, what needs to happen before you do make that move to that larger facility? I would say we are in a position now to make that move uh, because it's you know, having the, um, like I said, we have a very good relationship with the clinic. So that is the, like the larger right. monster per se. So we're going in, not, I'm not just going in by myself. I'm going in with another business. That's a very strong business as well. That was also affected by COVID, but not as much as, not as much as the gym because right. they were technically allowed to be open for most of the lockdown because they're considered okay. essential service, right? So the position that we're in is just a matter of now the market and, and the things that are being dictated to us, you know, because we, we don't own a building. So we have to now look for someone to lease the right space, um, you know, and also, you know, the right contract and the right terms, all those things just because, because right now it is what they call, I guess it's the, um, it's the leasor's market right now. If you're looking yeah. for space, you're kind of at the mercy of the landlord. And, you know, as you know, being a business or a corporation, you're not really that well protected by the government. So they're, they're more or less setting the terms. 
Right. Right. If you're looking for a big space, more than likely you're looking for, you're dealing with a pretty big company. And if they're very financially confident, they can set the terms for whatever they want. So you're hoping to develop a good relationship. So I think that's really what's, if anything, that's what's limiting us right now is just getting the right terms that make sense for us, that it's not going to, you know, hamstring us, that we can move and also have enough, you know, financial confidence to build out, to put the right equipment in the place and all that kind of stuff. And just to have all those things in place. Cause of course there's always that transition period from, okay, well, by the time you move into your space to get it ready, it's probably about two or three months where you're probably paying double, right. In both places. So right. It's all those things, working out all those little pieces, like we're, we're ready for it, but there's two parties that have to agree on all the terms. So that's where it's at right now for us agreeing on all the terms that make sense for everybody. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, it's definitely been tough as far as looking for new spaces right now. And Mm -hmm. a lot of landlords are like, um, a little bit hesitant to even rent to gym owners at this point, just because obviously the last two years were crazy yeah. and, you know, over 40% of gyms have closed, which That's is right. insane. That so is. a lot of people are actually the ones that did survive now are looking to expand because in a lot of cases they're absorbing other people from other gyms that did close Um, and now looking for newer larger spaces and a lot of times I've heard from a lot of people who are in that position that they're having a tough time because the landlords are just not really wanting to rent to gym owners. No, that's, and, and, and that's the benefit that we have is, is that it's because um, we're attached to the clinic, right? So the clinic, yeah. can be, they, that can that's be the big. front, the front man, right? That's, uh, yeah. that's the kind of way we want to say, we are going to be a clinic with, uh, with a performance aspect, right. right? Rather than a gym, you know, and a clinic, right? Right. So that's, that, that's the approach that we're taking it as well. So we have to make sure things are presented well, that they realize, yes, there, were, there will be a performance aspect, but when you walk in, what people see will be a clinic mainly, of course, you know, everything being set up in the back, whatever, but it's just to, you know, to give them the, the confidence that, uh, you know, they're getting, a, you know, people in there that are reputable, that will be there for a while, that have been in the game for not a long period of time, but, you know, um, that we're going to be able to hold up our end of the deal, right? Whether you right. serve you know, you, you sign a five-year lease and then renegotiate at the end of that and everybody's confident and hopefully they don't try to, you know, take advantage right. yeah. <laughs> and, and try to, you know, it, and double your uh, your price because you're exactly. doing well. Yeah. But that's, right. you know, you're left in a, you're left in a, in a funny place uh, these days, right? So yes, for sure. Yeah. yeah, that's definitely good that you've got the essential business attached to you to provide that stability when when looking for that space not that your gym wouldn't be stable but they they're having trouble trusting that i guess at this point that's, so. yeah that's a hundred percent that's uh, I, yeah it's, uh, it's interesting to hear that it's happening you know south of the yes. border as well yes but, uh, yeah for sure all right so now uh one thing i always love to ask every gym owner that i speak with is if you could provide a piece of advice to somebody who is considering opening their own facility, doing their own thing, going their own way, what would that be? What is one of the most important things that you've learned over your time in the industry and in ownership? Wow. Oh, man. Mm. There's always a lot of things there that come to mind. So (laughs) a lot of things that come to mind, you know, uh, I can really 
I guess I'll speak from my personal experience, uh, the way that, uh, you know, force, it was, you know, I guess came about, like everything came out of a passion and a dream, right? And I've always held it in my, my mind and my heart that I wanted to collaborate. I wanted to build something that connected and served people, right? So, you know, of course, there's all the good things about having a business plan and, you know, looking at different aspects of the business and understanding where your revenue streams are, your cash flow and all those, all that, all those technical monetary terms that are very, very important, all the back end stuff that you really need to know. That's that, that goes without saying, uh, because if you don't know those things, if you don't know your numbers, you're going to, you know, you're, you're going to, you're going to die. Right. But I, I find for me, the collaborative effort of connecting with the community and making people realize that you're here to help and to serve, because I found that's what really helped to build my business. There was a time where like when COVID hit, I was like, okay, what am I going to do? I have no idea. We're just going right. to shut down. And what I found at that point is because of the way that we dealt with the community, because of how much like, you know, we volunteer, like I love volunteering. I love going out. I love connecting. I love working with the youth. So I'll just go out. I'll, I'll do it for free. Right. For a lot. I, I probably do too many things for free. According to my business manager, he's like, yeah, yeah, hey, yeah you got to charge for this. You got to charge for that year. But I don't because some of my biggest contracts, especially in the hockey world, it came because I just went out and I just connected with people. I said, yeah, I'll, I'll run your office conditioning for a week for nothing. And then, ran out, did it. And today now we're, we're you know, like, they're coming to us. Cause right. I found out that what's happening because you've gone out and you've given and you connected when they're going to look for somebody, if you're giving a quality service and they're able to see that you produce and you're, and you're passionate that these people that come to us. And I found a lot of that referral and a lot of our business is building because some people are bringing in their friends. They're going to go out. They're going to go to bat for you when the times are tough. I found a lot of the team managers and coaches, they would mass email for me. I just email a couple of managers, a couple of coaches that I've been working with and then they know the quality of the product that we put out and they just went out and they just went to bat and that really helped us through. So I find that connecting with the community and just, you know, bringing your passion and whatever drives you, because I don't try to pretend like, oh, I'm a social media guy, or I'm this, I'm right. that. Right. They'll talk to me about that and say, well, no, talk to that guy, right? Yeah. I'll be here at, you know, if it's at seven o'clock, I'll be here at quarter two at the latest where everything's set up, ready to go. I'll get the kids going. I'll get what I'll just, you know, give you a good product and, and just develop my passion and, and just try to, you know, of course do small improvements. I'm not terrible. I'm not that great at social media, but I will try to improve over time. But I found that connecting with the community and bring your passion and your drive and, and let people see what you, what you have to offer. Don't be afraid of it. Right. Uh, I, I'm, I'm big on that. I'm, I'm big on really giving and, um, you know, knowing your worth and knowing what you bring to the table. That's how Absolutely. I feel. Yeah. I mean, that shines through and that, um, people can sense when you're being super genuine, right. And when you're focusing on the things that you're passionate about, it a lot of times really helps to grow the business because people are really attracted to that. Um, and they can feel that passion and they can feel how genuine you are. So it's important and giving back in certain areas, a lot of times pays off multiple yeah. times over. So, um, definitely a, a good piece of advice there. All right. So as we start to wrap up, where can, speaking of social media, where can the listeners find you on social media? On social media, we have our active physio recovery center uh, on Instagram. So we also have our athletics. It's 
athletic underscore foundations underscore Durham. So that's on social. We have those two Instagram accounts. And um, those are the main ones. And of course, we have our website with this uh, activephysiorecovery.com. That's our actual, actual website where you can go and get all the links and find out a little bit more about myself and team members that, are, that work here with us. That is really where you find us online. Those two places on Instagram, uh, two businesses, and of course, our online. Yeah. All right. And, Perfect. Yeah. Pretty straightforward there. All right. Awesome. So Clayton from Active, Active Physio Recovery Center in Whitby, Ontario. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us today. It's been so great having you on the show. My pleasure. Thank you, Brianna. Thanks for taking the time. It was great. Absolutely. So all the listeners out there, make sure that you subscribe so that you will be updated on future episodes of the show. In the meantime, keep killing it out there and we will catch you on the flip side. Jim Lords out. Thank you so much for listening. If you found this content valuable, here's four ways we can help you grow your gym for free. One, grab a free copy of Alex Ramosi's best-selling book, Gym Launch Secrets at alexsbook.com. Two, join our free Facebook group at alexsgroup.com. Three, if you're a gym owner, you can apply to be on the podcast by emailing us at podcast at gymlaunch.com. Four, leave us a five-star review so we can gain access to more gym owners and bring those lessons back to you. And as always, Tap that button and subscribe to this podcast for more.